Today's episode is brought to you by Shaky Bananas. Shaky Bananas is an amazing new app that I just invented because I still don't have any actual sponsors. Maybe someday. In the meantime, welcome to episode two of The Anyone Show. Hi, it's Dan Rollman here. As much as I love meeting new people, I get social anxiety in group situations. When that happens, I have a proven tactic. I always look for a senior citizen to say hello to. Old people are way easier to talk to. They've been alive for over six decades. What do they care? They say what they want. They wear outlandish outfits. These folks are wonderfully comfortable in their own skin. I met today's guest, Patricia Rye, in exactly such a manner. Stuck in a group setting that made me somewhat anxious, I turned to Patricia and introduced myself. Conversation flowed. She told me she'd appeared in one of the greatest films of all time and that her husband was a voice actor on Scooby-Doo. What? That's just the tip of the iceberg, people. Let's jump in and hear the conversation. Thank you so much for, for being open for this adventure. Uh, it was great great to, to randomly meet you. And, uh, and here we are a couple months later to finally sit down and chat. Well, you're very welcome. I, this is my first podcast. <laughs> I, I'm honored. I'm honored. I hope this opens up your podcast. I don't career. even know what it is, but it's my first one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's let's start let's start back at the beginning. I mean, let's you want to talk a little bit about where you grew up and what life was like as a child? Okay, um, I think I told you this when we met. Uh, I was born in Forest Hills, Long Island, New York, uh, two and a half blocks from the tennis court at home because I was my mother's fourth child, and um, the doctor didn't believe her when she said I'm ready and he said no you're not and so there i was so i and i was born i won't tell you the year i was born but i was born in a year when there were huge amount of uh, motion pictures first run motion pictures including gone with the wind released so that does <laughs> automatically age me um and, and, and i'm sure everybody's googling right wait, now wait, 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 what, what year was what year that <laughs> um and my mother had gone to the movies with my aunt daisy and her water broke in the movies. And so she came home and gave birth, had called the doctor. The doctor arrived and I was there with oh my, my mother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you know what movie she was, was she seeing Gone with the That's Wind? That's the punch on the story. She doesn't remember. <laughs> she never remembered. It was terrible, a frustration of my life. No, she never could tell me. Gotcha. So you don't know what your spirit film is. That's what, right. What, uh, yeah. What movie birthed you? Right. Oh my gosh. So my father was an actor. Um, we lived in on the island. My father was in theater, and then I was a child actress. And do, do, do you, was it your parents who were pulling you into it, or do you have memories of saying what my dad is doing is pretty cool? And I don't really remember. All I know is I just kind of love doing it, you know. So I don't know whether they, I have a feeling my mother pushed me a bit. But um, I was also an ice skater at the time, so I was a busy little girl. But we used to skate at Rockefeller Center. I'd go to school. I went to school in the city, and then I'd go immediately to Rockefeller Center in the winter and skate in the afternoon. Hmm. Sounds like a nice day. It was good. Yeah. It was good, absolutely. And, and I know your dad did a lot of pretty notable television shows, The Addams Family and... Uh 
Uh, no, he was on Hazel. Oh, and uh, Hazel, okay. On Hazel, uh, which was Shirley Booth's show. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was the maid. And my father played uh, The Neighbors Next Door with Norma Varden, who was a very well-known actress. Uh, I can't think of her credits at the moment, but she did a lot of Hollywood. And they were both very um, inept. And so Hazel would always have to come over and rescue them from setting the house on fire and that sort of thing. And, and did you ever, do you have memories, did you ever visit the set? No. Or, or any of the TV shows or films no, he did? No, I don't. No, none of that. Not really. No, Don DeFore, I think, was on Hazel. He was another well-known sitcom character actor in Hollywood. Hmm. So that was all out here. We had come out here in um, 1957. And... Uh, he had a whole career out here. He did the movie The Horse Soldiers. He had a nice part in that opposite uh, Bill Holden. And he did uh, Please Don't Eat the Daisies, with, had a scene with David Niven. Hmm. So he had a lot of nice That's credits. That's amazing. Yeah, I had, read, I had read something which mentioned the Adams Family, but maybe just a small part or... Could have. Yeah. He has a lot Perry, of Perry credits. Perry Mason. And oh, the, Perry Mason, yes. And the Monkees. The Monkees. The Monkees, he had a nice recurring role. I think he played like their agent or something. Wow. But he had a nice recurring role in that. Gee, was that on the internet? I have to look that up. Yeah, I found it. I can send Good. I can send you the link. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. But you never got to go and meet the monkeys or I don't think I wanted to. Yeah. I mean I don't think I was interested, you know. Yeah. So uh I mean I was around that sort of thing all of my life and it was not that impressive to me. Right. <laughs> You what know. what um, I, I, I know you, you told me this when, when we first met, and I guess I'll just give a quick backstory of, of how we met. That would uh, be interesting. Yeah, so um, we're, we're sitting here currently uh, in Patricia's house in the Hancock Park neighborhood of Los Angeles, and um, I do freelance advertising work, and a couple months ago was, was producing a, a television commercial right in the neighborhood and ended up uh, having the food served on Patricia's lawn. And this was when I was just kind of getting the idea going for, for this podcast for the Anyone Show. And Patricia sat down and we talked a bunch and I said, hey, I'm starting this project. And I think you said something to me like, I could talk your, ears, <laughs> talk your ear off for hours. I so. said, I love talking about myself. There you go. <laughs> uh, and here we are. So it's, it's, uh, it's really great to be together. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned, which I think is just awesome, is um, that you and your sister uh, were extras in, on Miracle of 34th yes. Street. and we're very visible. Uh, it's in the very beginning of the movie, and it's when, just around the time that the Santa Claus is found drunk, if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, and, that, and Edmund Gwen... Uh, and Gwen, I think that's right, takes over for him. And we were in the crowd scene, and we, and we were right in front. We always made sure we were right in front. <laughs> and you can see, clearly see my sister and clearly see myself, and we have like 30 seconds on the screen. And, and did you, when you were making Miracle on 34th Street, I mean, did you, was there a sense at that time that it was going to become the, f- the film that it is today? I mean, that's a, you know, oh, it's, it's yes. a classic. It was a big Cap- one. Capital I C mean, we classic. Had, we had to audition for it. We hmm. couldn't, we were not just cast as extras. And there were a lot of kids. There was a whole kind of crowd of show business kids that were around the time that we were in the business. And we all were interviewed for it. And you had to be interviewed for it. You couldn't just show up and be an extra. Mm-hmm. So, no, we never did that. We were all in kind of 
awe of Natalie Wood, all of us, because she was our age, and yet she was a movie star. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun, but we never met her. But no, I don't think we ever had any idea it was going to be a big one. I mean, we did that all the time. I was in Ilya Kazan's uh, Face in the Crowd hmm. in the TV station where, I um, can't think of the actor's name, He's doing a TV show, and we were the crazy teenagers going crazy for him like a bunch of fans. So I could be seen in that one, too. Wow. Did you, <laughs> did you get to meet uh, Kazan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We not only got to meet Kazan, but he wanted us all to be hysterically crying. Well, you could only do that for so long, and he did a lot of takes. So we, all of our tears had kind of dried up, and our eyes had kind of dried up. So he sent out for a bunch of raw onions. I swear to God, this is true. I have friends who did the same thing, and he made us rub the onions under our eyes so oh we would cry more. Wow. Yeah. Getting a good lesson in uh, filmmaking here. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It was fun. That's amazing. I know you had a um, brother who, who passed in World yes. War II, right? Yes, I did. He was a, a war hero. My mother was awarded the Bronze Star posthumously, which I still have. Hmm. I think I'm going to try and donate it somewhere to, to some veterans group who would like to have it. But yes, it was World War II. It was in Ger Merton, Germany. And um, my brother was between the enemy and his platoon. And he stood up and warned his platoon, and of mm. course they shot him mm. dead. And so um, I have pictures of my mother who was pretty much destroyed by the whole thing as so many war mothers were. Mm. But yeah, I don't remember him very much. Uh, I have a couple of pictures of him, but uh, I was very young when that happened. Do, I do, was you have, like, do you have memories of when you got the news? No, except I have memories of my mother because she was destroyed. Mm. That was this, the first child she lost, and then she lost a second child, too. You, it was your sister who passed, It was my right? sister, yes, who mm. passed away of cancer, lung cancer. My mother was kind of a brave woman. To, well, you know, to have the strength to, to, to deal with all that. Absolutely. So tell me about coming out to California, and, and how, how, how did you meet your husband, and how did that chapter of life begin? Well, um, the year was 19... I was looking that up. I was on Broadway in Anniversary Waltz somewhere in 54, 55. I was a featured ice skater at the show at the Roxy Theater, which no longer exists. They, we did four shows a day in between the movies. This is still in New York? This is still in New York. This was in 56. I graduated in 1956 from high school, went to my graduation, and then went to the Roxy Theater to do my first show. <laughs> Then I was out here in 57 with uh, 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 an improv class that was run by Francis Letterer. You probably don't know who that is. He played every German officer in every World War II movie <laughs> of the 40s. <laughs> and if you saw his face, you would recognize him. But for some reason, he had started this class. And there uh -huh. was... 
I, I never, I didn't realize that improv was being taught at that at way, way back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I studied improv at the American Theater Wing. It was mm -hmm. a big part of acting. Mm -hmm. You had to be able, in those days, you were supposed to take the role you had and then do an improv based on it, not using the dialogue that was written mm -hmm. so that you could get the emotion of it without the lines. And then you went back in and put the lines in. Anyway, um, so he, Francis wasn't doing that. He was just doing improv, not even comedy improv. It was dramatic improv. Mm -hmm. And there was my husband. He, so he was a classmate? He was a classmate. He was a bit older than I was. So um, he was a little put off by, not put off, but worried, wary of that. The fact that I, there was 24 years difference mm -hmm. between us. Mm -hmm. But and, were, and were you wary? No, <laughs> not at all. I kind of knew what I was doing. Um, and and what what memories do you have from that first time you met or the first date that I you had? I don't think I remember the first time I met, but then we used to all go for coffee somewhere. That's when I remember meeting him. I was kind of in awe of him. He was an extremely bright man, gorgeous voice and funny, great sense of humor. That was it. That did me in. <laughs> Had he been married before or was oh, he just no, a, no, no. He was a, living the bachelor life? Living the bachelor life and enjoying it. And uh, so I was there and I said, okay, this is it. We're going to be together now. And how many years were you married? Oh my God. Um, 50, 50 when he died, 50, yeah. 52 or 53 when he died. Wow. One of the other things you initially told me, which I am interested to ask more about, is you told me that you have a uh, grandchild who's uh, one and a half, but that you, you never had children. Yes, yes. Um, well, when Michael was ill, uh, he was about to go home, but he was uh, an invalid for the last five years of his life. This is your husband, This Michael. is my husband, yep. Michael. Yep. Um, Michael Rye is obviously his last name. And so I knew that I couldn't handle him. I'm not going to go into what his, his um, illness was or what his situation was, but I knew I couldn't handle him, so I had to get a caregiver. So when he was still in rehabilitation, um, I was interviewing caregivers, and along came Rafi, last name is Cabral, Rafi Cabral, and um, Michael loved him from the get-go, just fell in love with him. And I thought he was terrific. And he was very young at that point. And so we took him home. And he took care of my husband for five and a half years. <laughs> and really was the, the reason that Michael lived as long as he did, because there were complications. But Rafi knew what to do. He was <laughs> amazing. Well, while he was living with us and taking care of Michael, he fell in love with Christine. Very pretty, very bright girl. And they uh, finally got married and they had two children and those are my grandchildren. Oh, that's so sweet. They're my kids and those are my grandchildren. One is seven, that's Caden. And one is almost a year and a half, that's Elisha. So. That's really sweet. And they live here with me on the property. Had you and your husband, I mean, had you ever thought that you might want to have children or? Uh, we couldn't, yep. it was not possible yep. on, for a couple of different reasons. So then there was the question of adoption and I don't know, I was busy at that point doing things and so was he and so it just kind of went on and we decided not to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
So I figured there'd be a family, and here they are. Yeah, that is kind of uh, miraculous the way they came into your <laughs> really life. Was. Yeah, really was. Really was. Really was. So, and it's interesting because. I'm having experiences with the, with um, the grandkids that I never had. I was never around children. I still, to this day, have not diapered a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, no, no, I, I don't think I need that experience. <laughs> if, you, if you want to come over to our place later, my wife and I will uh, have No, no, thank happily, you. Uh, <laughs> In your years after you came out here, were you still focusing primarily on, on no, acting? No, I got into a, a completely different career. I, I had some stopgap jobs, like I worked for a savings and loan just to keep busy. But then I got into public relations, and I was the interim public relations director for LACMA. I was um, artistic director for a community theater, and we did a lot of fun Christmas shows and stuff like that. I'd written a book uh, that I self-published of short stories called Tales of Larchmont. And, um, and that's a fic- fiction book? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sh- all fiction short stories. Set, set in this neighborhood? Yes, Larchmont Boulevard is right over here for anybody who knows LA. It's a short shopping street mm-hmm. that has a lot of um, different kinds of coffee shops and restaurants and shops and so forth. And um, I just used it as a title, but all of the stories take place in Hancock Park and Winter Square. Nice. Yeah, so it was fun. So yeah, I just keep active. It seems like you've had a lot a lot of different chapters. <laughs> a lot of different careers, absolutely. And, and, and your husband, while you were doing this, he stayed focused on acting and vo- a lot of voice acting, right? He really did. Um, there was a time when he had a huge career with a lot of different clients when he was doing just straight narrations. Because he was s- such a smart man, so intelligent, he could do narrations on one take. And these would be technical things from Northrop or the Air Force or something like that. And it would give all this technical information and he would make it sound like it made sense. I mean, he was amazing. He was also doing voices. I mean, he was the voice of the Lone Ranger on television, He certainly was. He did cartoon voices. He did the Lone Ranger. Then later he did Apache Chief mm-hmm. and That's Green, from Super Friends. Super Friends, Green yep. Lantern on Super Friends, and Apache Chief. Then he also did um, um, Gummy Bears, hmm. and Gummy Bears was a Disney show, lovely Disney show. He played two characters on that. He played Duke Igthorn, who was kind of a hapless villain. He wanted to be a villain, but he wasn't really that good at it. And um, King Gregor, who was the uh, uh, patriarchal figure on the show. And yeah, he had a long run on that. That was about four seasons hmm. that kept going on. And, and I read that he also did some voices on Scooby-Doo? He did Scooby-Doo, and I get a residual. The last one was 45 cents. Oh my gosh. Cost them 42 cents to mail it. It sounds like we're going out for dinner after, uh, <laughs> after this interview is over. Drinks are on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, did he have a recurring character in Scooby-Doo? Or? I can't remember. I have a picture of him. In a, in a, in a, the interesting thing is the cartoon characters looked a little bit like him. Hmm. Because they were always with that he had a mustache. They mm-hmm. always put a mustache, and I don't even know that these cartoonists ever met him. Right. But you know, there it was. 
Um, so there's on Scooby Doo, he was wearing a suit, so he was something authoritative. The guy of, in the suit. The guy in the suit, because of the voice, because of the voice, you know. Yeah, Scooby Doo was a lot. So uh, you did your homework. I'm impressed. If you were going to be able to go back in time to you as, let's say, 10 years old, what, what advice at this point in your life would you give a younger version of you? Keep laughing. <laughs> I think laughter is the best thing in the entire world. I love to laugh. Yeah. So, no, I think... It gets you through a lot. It gets you through a lot. It does. It really does. And, uh, you know, to see the humor in thing is, is things is very important. Ten years old. Well, I think I was skating at that time. Uh, I don't know. Probably I would tell that person that you have a huge life ahead of you. This is not all there is. Do you miss anything about being younger? Time. Everybody misses time, that you have, would have more time on this planet. But outside of that, I don't, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I like, I like my age. I have a lot of women friend my age, friends my age. My, my girlfriend, Adria, says we're vintage, <laughs> collectible and rare. She's absolutely right. It's nice. Yeah. And, and what, what, uh, what are your hobbies or interests? What well, I play bridge. We have a bridge group once a week. Um, so I do that. And then uh, I'm still writing. I'm writing a novel. Nice. So that's the next project, which kind of got put aside. But I'll start again after the first of the year. Um, and that's about it. You know, play with the grandchildren. What's the novel about? It's a romance novel. Hmm. I won't say anything else about it. Good, good teaser. <laughs> we'll have to do a follow-up interview uh, when yes. the book comes out. When, you, when you're on your book tour. Yes, when I'm on my book tour. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ear. <laughs> <laughs> What's still on your bucket list? Like, what, what, what are you still excited to do that you haven't done yet? What's exciting to do? Well, you know, I had a chance to do some, uh, to join a commercials class and for senior citizens and um, was taught by a, a guy who had experience in commercials. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll go for that. That would be kind of fun. First of all, it's great money. Oof. And second of all, you know, I know how to do that. That's part of my being. So that might be kind of fun to do. Yep. Good. <laughs> you should get out there and audition. Um, get out there and audition. Also, people have told me I have a good voice. Mm -hmm. So I think that I could do something with my voice also along those lines. But I have no desire to travel anymore. I mean, Michael and I went to Japan. We were in um, Tokyo and Kyoto. We went to Europe twice. We had a wonderful time in, in Europe. We were in Rome and Paris and so forth. So I have no desire to travel. Do you have any life philosophy that you've learned from your years on this planet that you... Uh, oh, that's that you could, heavy. <laughs> that, you could, that you could pass on? That's heavy. Uh, life philosophy. Keep going. Keep laughing. Um, love people. And be kind. Do you know, it's interesting because I found s several different instances just recently in my life where people were very kind to me. 
I don't know if it's the, the gray hair, which I have, or what it is, but I mean, I was in a drugstore trying to figure out what cane to buy because I'm having back problems. And a, a man came up and said, can I help you? I thought at first he was with the story. I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, then let's, well, let's figure it out. He stood there for five minutes helping me figure out which cane to buy. And there were a couple of other things like that. I think people are trying to be kind because it's a scary time. It's a response to, to the heaviness of the world. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly right. Hmm. And I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll take it. Well, this has been super nice to sit down and talk with you. Talk with you. Do you have any other last things you want to add or say? No, or I'm sure I've left chest? sections out, but you know, nothing that's um, very drastic. Uh, mm -mm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've led a led a rich life, and well, I think I have. I've yeah. certainly enjoyed a lot of it. There have been hard times at, at various times, but for the most part, it's been a great life. You know, I wouldn't change any of it. So, uh, and I've been very fortunate with my health, which is really pretty good, outside mm -hmm. of a creaky back, but um, absolutely. Well, I will do what I can to write a commercial with uh, somebody. Uh, with a creaky back? Yeah, oh, goody. A woman with a creaky back. <laughs> and, and white hair. And white, white hair. And white, and white hair. And uh, see what we can do to help you get that off your bucket list. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Patricia, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time. Oh, and, you're uh, very welcome. It's been a pleasure to, to see you again. And, and we'll sit down to talk again when the book comes out. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Patricia Rye, magical woman, magical story. It was truly an honor to have her on the show. Find her book, Tales of Larchmont, on Amazon or ask for it at your local bookstore. I can't wait to see what she does next. Know anyone, maybe even you, who would be a good guest on The Anyone Show? Email us at anyoneshow at gmail.com. Follow us on social, we're at Anyone Show on Instagram and Twitter, and The Anyone Show on Facebook. Subscribe on your favorite audio platform, and virtual hugs if you give the show a reasonably decent rating. Thanks to my sound engineer, Sammy Junio, and big love to D. Yankee for our theme music. Remember to check out Shaky Bananas. Use the discount code ANYONESHOW for 10% off your first order. That's all for now, folks. I'm Dan Rollman. We'll talk again soon. Mm -hmm.